Hey there, and welcome back to Take One, the podcast that brings you just one fair page of Talmud every day. We don't always read a Talmud for parenting advice, but today's page, Yivamot 106, well, as the kids say, it made me feel seen. Have a listen. Isn't it taught in a baraita? One who was running away from prison and came upon a ferry. He said to the ferryman, take a dinar, i.e. he offered to pay an amount much larger than the standard fee and take me across the river. Despite the SKP's commitment, it is ruled in the baraita that the ferryman receives nothing other than his usual rate as the SKP is legally exempt from paying the higher amount he had agreed to pay. I have to say, this one bowled me over. We tend to think of the Talmud as this thick legalistic work, dense with stipulations and clauses, always happy to produce some bit of complicated reasoning that might make perfect sense to say Ruth Bader Ginsburg, may she rest in peace, but leaves the rest of us wanting. The Talmud rarely, if ever, deals in clear-cut, sweeping, stentorian principles, the sort you can put on a bumper sticker or a t-shirt. Yet today, it does. Thou shalt not be a heartless jerk and gouge prices from desperate people in need. If you see a person in dire need of something, and you know you can charge him whatever you'd like, you're still only entitled to the actual cost of the thing. This, mind you, is much more than an ethical or theoretical or even just Talmudic question. It's quickly becoming one of the central conundrums of our economic moment in time. Ours is the euphemistically named sharing economy, which sounds so very kumbaya until you understand what it really means. And what it really means is, well, price gouging. The other week, for example, it was raining very hard here in blighted old Manhattan where I live. I was picking up my child at school, which is not located near any convenient means of public transportation, and I wanted to get my kid home without subjecting him to a stroll through a thunderstorm. So I took out my phone and I pulled out Uber, which was charging nearly $80 to travel the two miles or so from school to our house. So we waited. And we waited. And we waited some more. And eventually the rain subsided and Uber's algorithm, which presumably has never studied even a page of Tractate Yevamot, reduced the price by a magnitude of six. You could argue, as one contributor did in a recent issue of the vaunted MIT Technology Review, that experiences like the one I had in the storm aren't gouging, but merely dynamic pricing the purest expression of supply and demand at work. Higher prices, the MIT contributor argued, attract more drivers. And because these drivers are gig workers, they can't be bossed around and told that they need to drive or when, the higher prices incentivize them to get behind the wheel. Maybe that is so. But this bit of economics leaves behind precisely the essence of the exchange that the Talmud so wisely identified the quiet desperation behind the consumer's desire to get in that car at all cost. Just as an escaped prisoner would give an arm and a leg to get across that river and put distance between himself and his captors, so would a parent consider even the most rapacious of expenses to make sure her child stays dry, 
and warm and happy. And parents, alas, are often the victims of our modern-day heartless ferrymen. When the baby formula shortage we're currently experiencing began to escalate, prices online shot up, in some cases, by 300%. One woman, for example, told NBC News that she went on eBay in a desperate attempt to secure a 12.4-ounce can of Enfamil for which she used to pay $18.49 over at Target. The online seller charged her $60 for the same can. She complained, and the seller sent her a ranty note composed almost entirely with internet-y abbreviations. It read, Get over it! It is not illegal. You, the letter U, may dislike, but you, again the letter U, have no right to interfere in my business. People do it constantly. This is about much more than decorum, or compassion, or even common sense. It's even about more than economics. It's about core principles. Economies, like societies, aren't divine occurrences. They don't just happen. They're man-made constructs, and they're constructed according to values and beliefs. The sharing economy, driven by the internet, believes in algorithms, which measure supply and demand as detached abstracts. Judaism, guided by the Talmud, believes in people who measure supply and demand is very much the product of far deeper and more profound emotions. Judaism allows for free marketplaces. It believes in rewarding labor and creating opportunities for wealth. It celebrates and empowers enterprise and ingenuity. How could it not, given how meticulous the Talmud is about examining every possible outcome of every given scenario? But Judaism also knows that an economy predicated on dire desperation is a very short-lived engagement. Eventually, someone is going to snap. Eventually, those made to suffer unduly will howl. Eventually, the trust needed to keep the whole system afloat will dissipate and dissolve. I thought about all this the other day when going online and looking for, don't judge me, Justin Bieber tickets to surprise my daughter on her birthday. $493 for one seat in the very last row of Madison Square Garden with, mind you, limited visibility, which would mean, after taxes and taxis, $1,000 for a pair of tickets to take my kid to see the show. I cursed the sculptors who inflated the prices this way and grappled with whether or not I could bring myself to spend such an astronomic sum just to make my girl happy. And then a newsflash came across my screen. Justin Bieber was struck by a supremely rare neurological condition that paralyzed part of his face. He is, Baruch Hashem, most likely going to be just fine. The condition seems to be a temporary thing, but all concerts were canceled. It was, the very religious Bieber told his fans, just God trying to tell him to slow down. Maybe God was saying the same thing to the price gougers trying to bilk parents for a pair of bad tickets. And maybe, just maybe, we will all listen. This has been Take One. 
If you enjoy the show, and I hope you do, please go and rate and review us on iTunes or whatever platform you use to listen to podcasts. Each week, we will be releasing new episodes Monday through Friday, covering the entire weekly portion of Dafyomi. Take One is a Tablet Studios production. The show is hosted by me, Leah Leibowitz, and produced and edited by Daron Rusquet, Quinn Waller, and special guest editor and producer, Betsalel Rusquet. Our team also includes Stephanie Butnick, Josh Cross, Mark Oppenheimer, Sarah Fredman-Ader, Robert Scaramuccia, and Tanya Singer. For more information, go to tabletmag.com slash takeone or email us at takeone at tabletmag.com. You can find us on Twitter at takeone.fiomi or join our Facebook group by searching for Take One Podcast. I hope we have made your day a little more Talmudic and we will see you again soon.